Hey, podcast listeners. Today I interviewed on Just Us Awesomer Hairdressers, I interviewed Ashley from Traverse City, Michigan, and she's the salon owner of Salon Bohem. And she asked me, um, well, we, we discuss a little bit about, you know, what life has been like, you know, since she opened, as well as, you know, going through quarantine and, and the whole COVID and, and, you know, the fears of possibly going back into quarantine. But, you know, she also asked me, you know, what sort of things that she could do to inspire people to come to work for her, as well as we address the topic of imposter syndrome, where she just doesn't feel sometimes like she deserves a spot at the table and you know we we conquer that as well so you know please listen up um it's oh it's an excellent podcast ashley is fantastic if you would like to be on the podcast please text me at 702 i never remember my own uh text number please text me at 702-224-2902 and just tell me you want to be on it and if you have any questions i would love to answer them and please give me a shout out i really 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 much appreciate it thank you so much and have a wonderful day hey podcast this message comes from stuff you know Sometimes I'm sitting around the house and, and just thinking about things and I, I, I feel like a need in my heart and there's just something that is missing. And, and I think that the only thing that will really fill up that place in my heart is to buy stuff. So I like to go out and buy stuff and I'll buy stuff, you know, either at stores or online. But I do like to buy stuff and, and you know, I, I feel like it's the best way to fill that hole in our heart that, you know, we have. So when you are feeling down and you feel like you just need something, go out and buy stuff. This message brought to you by Stuff. Um, Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, whatnot? Sure. So um, I have been doing hair for 11 years and six years in, I bought my first salon. Um, great story, by the way. What's that? that oh, my, great my story. Son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's a great story, but I mean, there are some, you know, tricky things that happened in there. Um, I bought it empty. Like mm. the, the salon owner was retiring and moving. So she was really just trying to get rid of it. And it was just me and her that were working there. So I bought an empty salon. Mm-hmm. And it took me about eight months to get my first stylist. And it was only four chairs and I occupied one of them. So I only needed three to fill the space. I got, I ended up with two and a year after we bought it, the landlord of the space we were renting said that he was selling the building and not renewing anybody's leases. So he's out. And, um, so I made it an entire year without anything catastrophic happening. And then all of a sudden I'm a brand new salon owner and now I have to find a new home for my people. So, um, we found a garage space on Craigslist of um, an office building. And I remember going in there with my husband um, and talking to the owner of the building about what we were going to do. And he's like, you're going to put a salon in here? Well, my previous salon was also in a garage space. Okay. So that was no um, it was no problem for us. It was not our first rodeo. True. So, um we built out the space 
and you know got some more people in and then lost some people I had um, I had two people that had joined on with me and then about a year later said we are opening our own space and then they took another person with them so that was kind of rough but mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I don't want to lie and say I navigated it really well because honestly, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I tried. I tried to be graceful about it, but I caught them talking about these specific details in my establishment to their clients, and that's when I got kind of testy. Sure. Um, and you're in a small town, right? You're up in, uh, what, Traverse City, Michigan, right? Yes. So, yes, we're in Traverse City, Michigan. So burning a bridge up there is not a very good thing for, for you know, previous employees and really employers as well. So you're right. kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a heavily saturated market up mm-hmm. here. I think it was about eight years ago when I actually went through the, the old yellow pages, if anybody knows what that is anymore. <laughs> um, and I counted how many salons there were in the Grand Traverse County area, and this included people who were listed that were doing hair in their homes, and there were like 80-something in just this small area. Oh, wow. We have a cosmetology school. We used to have two cosmetology schools, and there are cosmetology schools in kind of neighboring areas that are within like an hour, hour and a half of here. And so, I mean, we're just constantly being flooded with new stylists, and it's really great, but there are only so many heads of hair in this town, True. so you have to try and do something to really stand apart from the rest of them, from the ones that think that they're, like, they're in it because it's an easy job, it's a blow-off job, you know, I'm just going to go and cut hair and be production line worker, mm-hmm. and so it's really hard to establish yourself as something unique and special because everyone who's serious about doing it is also trying to do the same thing. And you have you have some really good hairdressers up there too. I mean, I know one of my really good friends that uh, Jen and Lacey have a have a studio up there, and they just moved into a big salon as well. And I know there's a couple other really big salons up there as well. So that's pretty tough competition. It is. It is really tough competition, and as such, I'm trying to go in a direction with Salon Bohem that is not. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's a popular thing, and I don't know if I'm just foolish for trying to uh, build my business this way. But I want a salon that is a sanctuary for the stylist. Mm-hmm. It is a stylist-focused salon, and every place else is a client-focused salon. And I feel like if you have a stylist focused salon you have happy stylists and happy stylists will create happy clients Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to create a positive stylist experience because it is a chair rental salon Mm -hmm. so the happiness of their clients is really out of my control anyway sure i want them to be happy i want them to make money and I kind of want to make some money myself sure sure so what are you what are you doing that is uh like catered to uh, helping them be happy. Like, like, what are you specifically doing? So right now, um, I like during the whole quarantine shutdown thing, I binged on as much education as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And all of the information that I have received from all of the live classes and things that I've watched, I generously and freely pass those along to Good. the two stylists that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like... Education is so valuable. It's so important. And when 
people are learning from you, they're, they're happy and they're grateful because I just gave them something that's going to make them a lot of money mm-hmm. or nothing just for showing up and, and renting a, a chair in my space. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But as of right now, that's all I'm capable of doing. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, eventually maybe I'll try and, you know, hire an educator to come in and teach us all a class or, you know, whatever it takes. I just want, I want a safe haven for stylists because I have been in a toxic energy environment before sure. and yeah. it does not feel good. Yeah. I do not like feeling like I'm the low man on the totem pole. So I don't want anyone that ever rents a chair for me to feel that way. And it would be it'd be hard to feel like a low man on the totem pole if it's your business too. Like if you if you are a booth renter, it would be I feel like it would be like really um like shitty to feel like you're you're essentially an assistant but yet you're paying the same amount of rent as somebody who might be making more yeah. money. Well, my my very first um booth rent experience was at a 12 chair salon and mm-hmm. I think that that's way too many chairs for uh, a booth rental experience or commission um, really <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was it it was calamitous at best you have 12 very strong willed people with 12 very strong opinions that differ from each other like each other and everybody wants to bring in something new to add because they appreciate having somewhat of a team experience mm-hmm. But they really wanted to be the leader and nobody was willing to step back. Sure. And that is when it becomes really hard when you have something at that large of a scale. And so I always want to keep it smaller. I want to keep it six chairs max. One of those occupied by me, whether full time or temporary, if I end up exploring other avenues in my career, I, I, I just want to keep it small because fewer people will have fewer problems and mm-hmm. they don't do drama. Sure, sure. How, how often are you working right now? How many days a week and, and what are your hours? Um, I'm working four days a week. Okay. Um, I'm working Monday and Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., which sometimes goes to 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. Of course, <laughs> of course. That's, and that's then, yeah. yeah. And Wednesday and Thursday, 9 to 5, but sometimes 6, 6.30, 7. So, um, I try to be flexible within those days because I'm not working weekends anymore. And that was a choice for like my mental health and the the sake of my relationship with my husband. We only had one day off together and that's just not enough to get anything accomplished, either work or playtime. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that approach where I'm trying to take the best care of myself so that I can take the best care of my clients in return. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, do you have like an admin day at all? So, and, and I, I know I'm kind of prodding. Do you have an admin day where you are able to work on the business, not in it, or, or what? Um, I don't really take like a full admin day. That stuff just kind of gets piecemealed in as, as things kind of come up, and I just tackle it head on instead of scheduling out an entire day for that sure. because if I scheduled out an entire day for that I feel like I would go nuts yeah, I'm not the yeah. type of person that likes to sit behind a desk at a computer or on the phone for hours and hours on end sure, so sure. I try to take care of those things as they arise nice so how has things been since since uh, reopening I know that you had a really tough time 
you know, waiting for them to reopen and, and, you know, you guys were, were like kind of, uh, you know, I know you're, were, you're were trying to, to put together, you, uh, no, the school was putting together like kind of a, a group of you guys that were, um, kind of talking and, and had a united front against your governor. So, so how has that been? And then how has business been since reopening and how is the climate right now? So the, 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 meeting with the group happened one time mm-hmm. and it, it it wasn't what I expected from it and mm-hmm. then I had to leave the meeting early ah. so it, it didn't really go the direction I hoped it would go um, but that doesn't mean that in the future we won't be able to all collaborate again and work on some other things um, and then reopening was tough I lost a stylist I had a stylist walk out on me an hour before our back to work meeting, really? which is a really, really lovely way to start a meeting with, well, there's now only three of us and so let's not make, did she say why or, or she said that because of her age, she felt very high risk and it was a very small space and she needed some place else that she felt more comfortable with more space around her. Okay. 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 I just, it, I had to try to steer it from going in the direction of a let's bash this person meeting sure. because of course. I just wanted to get in, talk about everything we needed to do to reopen all of our sanitizing procedures and all of that and then get out. That's sure. all I wanted sure. to do. I was just in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, right after a major pandemic where all of you were in this together – you know, it's kind of it's kind of shitty to be like, okay, well, now that we're opening, oh, by the way, I got I'm, I'm splitting. I'm 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 gonna leave you swaying in the wind. I'm not even going to give you a shot to reopen. I'm going to just go ahead and do this because I'm looking out for myself and not not for the team. Yeah, well, and I guess it, in like you know full disclosure, like she owes me back rent yeah. and had come in and cleaned out her station before I even got there, yeah. left her cosmetology license on the wall, and then took her key and locked up behind her. So then I was pissed because not only does she owe me back rent, now I have to pay to have the locks changed the very next day. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, she just, it was a headache. She ended up costing me a lot of money and... I'm purging toxic energy from my life. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> and you're probably better off anyways yeah. because... because uh, you know, she she probably would be thinking that and and a cancer in your business anyways, and Absolutely. and you're probably like much better. Have you been able to replace her? Um, I'm not actually actively trying to okay. replace her. I'm not trying to. Fill, I have two empty chairs right now, and I'm not trying to fill them because with it being a smaller space, we have like 760 square feet, and the three of us that are in there now are spread out really nicely, and it is very comfortable for the client experience. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to start crowding the place. True. I mean, with the two renters and myself, like the bills are paid. And that's what I'm just trying to do right now is <laughs> make sure the overhead is taken care of and all my personal needs are taken care of. And I still have a little extra at the end of the month where, you know, we can save, we can spend, we can whatever. And just get through it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think once, I mean, our numbers are climbing too. So honestly, I'm expecting another shutdown to come very soon. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so we're just trying to maintain and make it through. And when the restrictions kind of get loosened a little bit, 
then I'll start tackling head on, getting some more, more, more bodies in the sure, building. Sure, sure. So, so aside from that, what's going on? What, what, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Just in general. <laughs> oh, just in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the day to day thing is kind of stressful. Everybody's on edge still. Mm -hmm. um, and we try to keep the mood light. One of the things I like about the, the team atmosphere that we kind of have is we all talk together. Mm -hmm. There's no like this stylist and this client over here and this one and this one over here. It's, it's a big open studio space and we have like big conversations and everybody chats and everybody laughs and it's always a really good time. And I feel like we're, we're kind of timid on that right now because of having to wear the mask and it's nobody really breathe, wants yeah. to talk and yeah. have long conversations because it's hard to breathe and laughter is even hard when you can't breathe through it. So I feel like the energy is just very flat. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to, with my clients at least, um, make it relaxing. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not going to be this upbeat, happy, everybody's laughing, everybody's chatting, then let's try to change the vibe to make people at least feel relaxed so they can escape from what's going on outside the salon. Sure. And, yeah. then, and it's been challenging. You mm -hmm. know, people want to talk about COVID. People want to talk about politics. They want to talk about their um, their beliefs behind everything, no matter how crazy and far-fetched they may be mm -hmm. and it's really stressful when you're working 10 to 12 hours in a shift and every single person just wants to have that conversation and you just don't you don't have it in you anymore and they come and in and they're, like, and they're like they come in and they're like so so how are you doing how, how are yeah. you doing yeah i'm fine i'm, I'm here i'm fine I'm here. I got unemployment while I was shut down. Like my bills are paid. I still have a house to live in. I still have a salon to work out of. Mm -hmm. Like I'm great. Yeah. 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 You know what? Uh, it's one of those things that like, I try as hard as I can not to say my political views at all. Like I, I, I've been trying as hard as I can not to say it even on social, but like, you know, when doing a client or when talking to anybody, I, I try just not to say anything because it's so alienating. And I feel like, it, like everything is just so alienating, alienated right now that why just com continuously perpetuate that, you know? Right. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like, you know, <laughs> If your life sucks right now, like if, if, you know, because if your business sucks or if your life sucks or any of that kind of stuff, it has nothing to do with Trump. It wouldn't have had anything to do with Hillary and it won't have anything to do with, with, you know, Biden or, or anybody else who wins. Right. If you believe that, that, you know, it's the president's fault that, that your life sucks, your life sucks, man. Yeah. So. Well, and social media is definitely the, the downfall of everything because now everybody has a platform and everybody has a soapbox mm -hmm. and everybody has an opinion mm -hmm. and everybody's opinion sucks. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if I agree with them or disagree with them. It's the way that they come across yeah. and they, they just get so rabid and yeah. so mean. And I just, I don't, if, even if we identify with something, I don't want to listen to you because you're being disgusting. Exactly. Exactly. And I've, I have some friends actually that I had to mute on social media that I, I just can't, I can't read their posts anymore because I'll read it first thing in the morning and it hijacks my good day, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just so difficult to, to, you know, focus and, and, you know, cause I try to force myself to have a good day, 
you know, and if I'm forcing myself to have a good day, I get on social and there's there's something about like, you know, you idiots that aren't wearing your mask or you idiots that are wearing your mask or whatever. God, you just ruined it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, we are in charge of our own happiness. And that's one thing that my husband and I talked about early on in our relationship is I'm in charge of my happiness. You're in charge of your happiness. And if we can enhance each other's happiness, that's wonderful. Sure. But we really are in charge of our own happiness because as soon as we start taking on other people's, that's not fair. That's such a big job. It's a huge ask for anybody. Mm -hmm. You can't make anyone happy. They have to make themselves happy. Yeah, yeah. But we can give them gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you said you might have a couple of questions for me. What, What? Sure. So I'm in this this phase with my salon where I'm rebranding. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to right now it's in like the planning phases of the, the redecorating, the updating the color palette, updating the artwork, you know, changing some furniture pieces out, things like that. I want it to feel more comfortable, like a living room almost instead of very clinical. Cause mm-hmm. right now because of COVID, it feels like I'm working in a doctor's office mm-hmm. and I can't handle it. So I'm in the process of that, um, but I have a hard time marketing for stylists. And I know I'm not um, hiring anybody right now, but I want to start planning ahead for when things do eventually lighten up and I can feel comfortable hiring new people. I have a really, really hard time figuring out how to attract the right people. I had one woman a couple of years ago who um, was her family members had just opened a brewery next door to us and she had called, said she saw my sign, that she was wondering if I had a chair to rent, so I asked her to come in the next day for an interview. Mind you, I did some low-key Facebook stalking after I got off the phone with her because I wanted to see what she was about. I wanted should, to see yeah. what her work looked yeah. like. I wanted to make sure that she wasn't posting all kinds of drama sure. and things like that that she would bring in. So I had a really good vibe from her Facebook page. But when she showed up, she showed up drunk and dirty and looked like she didn't even own a hairbrush. Sure. And it was really annoying. Like, you're projecting this amazing image of yourself on Facebook and social media, but you are not the person you are projecting. And that's rude, first of all. It's Mm. just plain rude. And second of all, how do you show up to interview for a chair with a rat's nest on your head and dirty work clothes and and intoxicated. Like, I don't care if you like to have a few drinks on your time off. That's totally cool. But you cannot be drunk in my salon holding a sharp object or a hot object or caustic chemicals next to somebody's head. I'm not going to stand for that. Mm -hmm. So it's the the trying to attract the right people has always been my challenge. Um, You know, with that, I would probably, you know, it's, it's tough. Because you're in a you're in a precarious situation. You're in a situation where like, um, you have to now market to your competition, um, and as, and as soon as you start marketing to your competition, your competition goes away. They become your client, um, and the fact that you know you already kind of have your head on straight. You know, it doesn't matter the the coat of paint that's on the walls, and it doesn't matter you know, how pretty your, your, you know, flowers or your artwork is or any of that kind of stuff. When it comes down to it, 
you know, people want to be taken care of. They want to feel like they have a place. They want to, they, they don't want to have the same situation that you had when you first got in the industry where you had 12 people, you know, that were all trying to run the place and whatnot. And, yeah. and there will always be shifts, you know, so like right now you have, you know, you said you have three people, you know, plus yourself or is it, or is it, including, uh, myself. including yourself? Okay. So, you know, you have, you know, three people total. You know, the odds of them leaving you, you know, when you get another person is very high, you know, and that's okay, too, you know, um, because maybe when they leave that it's, it's, um, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to adapt to whatever you're wanting to, to bring. Um, right. So the way I'd probably go about marketing is I'd probably think of, okay, so do I want to play the short game or do I want to play the long game? And I'm always a big fan of playing the long game. I'm always a big fan of of if I can get you uh if I can get you in beauty school, even if you go somewhere else, you'll always think about my salon. Um and then maybe when you get done at your salon, you can then come come to my salon. Um so that would be my number one thing. And I don't I don't know if you've been into the salon the schools or whatnot. Um but Not I know yet but it's high on my to-do list. Yeah, so I would probably reach out, even pre, if you guys have another shutdown, I'd probably reach out and just say, like, just go uh, talk to whoever the the uh, director of education is. And just call them up. And to be a friend of mine, so that won't be hard. <laughs> then if it's a friend of yours, then I'll probably go and take her, you know, for a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, and, because uh, I know there's, there's what, two schools out there, or is there more? There's two, there were two in town. There's now only one. Okay. But I think there's another one in Cadillac, which is about 90 minutes drive from here. Okay. So, so I mean, there's there's some in the surrounding, the greater surrounding areas, uh-huh. but there's only one locally. But they the way that their school works is they are on a rotating enrollment. So every so many weeks, they introduce new students in. Okay. And so they always have people That's there. Nice. They always That's have stylists in the clinic, and they always have people entering and graduating. Nice, good. So I would probably, I would probably start there. That would be my number one thing: is go, and I would even go and not teach a class, and I wouldn't even say you're hiring. You know, go and just be you. Talk about the industry. Talk about, um, you know how how uh, you know COVID is is affecting the industry, not just not just. Um, from a, you know, commission, you know, cause you know enough people that you could probably, ha- you know, give a perspective from a commission standpoint from a booth rent. And then also from a, um, a, uh, a sweet perspective as well, you know, because all three of those business models are going to massively change when this is all over. Absolutely. You know, I feel like commission has been dying for the last, what, um, I'd say probably since like like not two thousand. I'd say probably uh, well, actually, yeah, really since the two thousands, two thousand eight, probably. I feel like commission salons have been dying, and booth rents have been going up in popularity, and then yeah. suites and studios have been going up exponentially. Yeah, I think that since this COVID thing, I think we're going to see a shift, and we're going to start seeing commissions are going to come back into play. Now, here's the thing about commissions: is not everybody can run a commission salon. There's right. great commission salons that take care of their, their staff and, and whatnot. And then there's a lot of criminals as well. Um, 
Oh, yeah, there was a guy in town here that just went to jail because he was um, scamming his stylist's tips. Yeah, I think you, I think you told me about that in one of our, in one of our um, happy hours. That's yeah. crazy. I, I feel like somebody like that should go to jail. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's I, I feel like we're going to shift back to large commission salons because I think that people are tired of being their own bosses. I do feel like booth rents that will, that have multiple stylists in them are going to become popular again because we want the unit. Yes. I feel like singularly is is going to go away and I feel like that's that's like I I'd neither take it nor nor leave it. That's just what I'm predicting. I mean, I really don't care either way. I liked the uh, the the salon loft business model and the solo business model. It wasn't for me. I like a big team. Um, yeah. But there was a time in my life that like, like last two years that if I, if I was to get back behind the chair two years ago, I would have been working in a, in a sola where now I only want to work in a large commission because I want, you know, to run, you know, I want, I want to feel like a big, large commission. If I was going to be a booth runner, I wouldn't be doing a sola. I would be doing, what you are running right now and, you know, having a really tight knit team, mm-hmm. you know, so that'd be my number one thing too, is go in and just talk about, you know, the different types of models and how, uh, uh, Corona is, is affecting all of them and the huge opportunities that are going on. You know, we've yeah. talked this uh, about this a ton about how, like, you know, if this was happening in the nineties, like back when I first started, we'd all be screwed. Because oh, yeah. because we don't have social, we don't have you know Zoom, we don't have podcasts, and so we don't, we'd be wouldn't even know what was going on. Right. Um, now we kind of know, so it's actually really kind of a nice time for it to be happening. Um, and there is a lot of opportunities where people are getting out of the industry, and I hate to say that because like some of my friends um, are losing their businesses, they're losing their shirts, you know, and and. But that's also leaving opportunity for somebody to possibly, you know, step in, you know. Hi, podcast listeners. You know, I am a hairdresser that works behind the chair just like you do. And you ever get it to where, you know, it just seems like sometimes the blow dry just doesn't work on your client. It just does not, you know blow dry quick enough and you can't get enough volume or it just won't stay or you know maybe it even just uh, tends to get a little fuzzy or or you know staticky or or you know there's just too much volume i recommend choosing product product is is the best product that you can use in the salon because not only will it add volume but it can also control the hair it'll make your hair curly it'll make it straight it'll dry it quicker it'll slow your drying time down it can make your hair either moist or it can dry your hair out yes i did use the word moist in the conversation just because i wanted to kind of gross you out i also want to use the word noodle because i think noodle is as disgusting as moist anyhow if you are having a problem just blow drying the hair i definitely suggest using product you can go to www.thisproductdoesnotexist and pick up product and carry it in your salon and sell it to your clients as well remember when you do sign up for it to get product say ryan didn't tell you about it because there's no such thing well and everything has an expiration mm-hmm. everything has a life cycle and i mean 
I, my parents owned a business when I was in college and unfortunately it didn't last very long. It had an expiration date. It had a life cycle and it's what you do with that moving forward Mm -hmm. is what is going to make or break you for the rest of your life. Sure. If you get to a point where your salon is just done and you have to walk away, you can't walk away from it begrudgingly. You can't just be like, oh, I just wasted all this time. No, you have to, to find the find the lessons in it and channel it somewhere else. Maybe you're not meant to be just a behind the hair hairdresser for your whole life or a salon owner or whatever. It's okay to grow, but you can't grow if you get mad at every little setback. Yeah. You know, there's just no possible way to do it. Yeah, totally. I I completely agree. And I, I, I feel that, that, um, I mean, I feel bad for a lot of our friends that are, that are, you know, having to close their, their businesses. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, I, I know a few of their business, not all of them, but I know a few of my friends that are closing them that they were kind of cumbersome. They weren't small and mighty. They were they were large and cumbersome and they and they couldn't pivot and they couldn't make it. You know. Oh and, yeah. And their rents were probably, you know, more than some housing payments or or even some, you know, like New York friends that that were probably paying like 20 grand a month. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, and they were like shut down for three months. I mean, that's. As a Michigan girl, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I can um, imagine. So another, another way I'd probably market is I would, I remember, you know, we were talking, you know, I was talking about how, uh, uh, you guys were doing the, uh, meeting with all the hairdressers in town and you were kind of like disappointed on how it went. Um, and I understand that because you didn't necessarily call the meeting. But one thing that I would almost recommend is, is you know, because you know how maybe you would like it to go, maybe you should host something like that. And maybe see if you can do, like, an actual event. Now, it's kind of difficult right now, obviously, during, you know, like, we have to, you know, maintain social distance and whatnot. So maybe it is a Zoom. Maybe it's a Zoom happy hour like we do. And you, yeah. you, you get in all the, the hairdressers in your community and be like, hey, can we just... I'm not going to sell you anything. I don't want to sell you anything. Let's just network. Because yeah. somebody in your salon might want to leave, but you might meet somebody from another salon that might want to leave and come work with you. And not everybody that works with you, and not every, I mean, not everybody needs to be on your bus all the time. They couldn't get on other buses, you know? Right. So uh, that might be another way to do it is is to host, you know, a happy hour and and... I don't know who your reps are in the area. I don't know if you have like a Hanzo rep because I know that they know like almost every salon. But if you talk to even your reps in your area, your you know whoever sells you, I don't know what products you you know whatever it doesn't really matter. But you talk to them and be like, hey, I want to have a happy hour. I don't really want to sell anything. I just want to create a community up here in in um, Traverse City. Can you help me? A lot of times they'll help you just so they can be invited to the the party. You know, and so, and they're on the ground where, see, it's hard for you to get out from behind the chair and go invite people to this Zoom meeting. But if you, if you went to somebody whose job it is to go to other salons, you can be like, hey, can, and, and enlist them in on your thing. So whoever your rep is in the area, whatever, you know, products you sell as in, you know, soap or, or hair color or whatnot, I'd probably, you know, maybe go out to dinner with them one day and just be like, hey, you know, can we do this? And and let's not make it a, a selling environment. Maybe that can turn into a selling environment in the future. 
But let's see if we could just do something now that might be, you know, just something that that, that could bring a community together. Yeah, I love that idea. And that way... I mean, that, with being such a huge community, and I feel like it's so cutthroat, but we have more in common than mm-hmm. we have difference between us so i think that would be a really really great way to bring everybody together and remind each other like we're all you know may not be the same boat we're all we're all in the same storm we're all in the same rocky seas oh totally we we can lift each other up and you know check in Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, we can be friends yeah totally i mean and and you know, when it's cutthroat, like you were saying, I feel like that, that comes from a position of scarcity, not, not abundance. And when you live in a position of, of scarcity, then you're always going to have that scarcity where if you, if you just give it away, you know, there's nobody in your community that has secrets that you don't already know. And if they are, if, if they were to share them, it's only going to make them better with those secrets. Right. You know, um, my old mentor used to say that a candle never loses any of its of its light when it's used to, to light another candle. In fact, it, it gets brighter for just one second, you know? Yeah. So when I give away something, I like, I feel like it's, I'm not losing anything. I actually feel like I get brighter just for a second, you know? Yeah. So, so I feel like, you know, when, when you bring your whole community together, I feel like that'd be a really awesome way, but also there is a agenda, but there's nothing wrong with an agenda. As long as no. your intent is good, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so that's you know that's probably where I would go. Is I probably would start with uh, schools, and those kids love love you know getting on on. I'm sure I would love to get on Zoom and talk to potential owners and potential coworkers as well. You could invite them to the party. Oh you know. man, that would be great. Yeah, think of it like this. Think of it like I don't know how popular you are in the hairdressing community up there in, in Traverse City because I don't really know what the cross section of it looks like. But I don't you, know how popular I am either, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about, like, say, high school, if you think of, of like, the popular... Think of, like, the, 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 the C popular kid in high school. So you have, like, the A and B popular kids, and then you have the C and D popular kid. And you think of, like, you know, eighth grade, he was kind of a nerd. You know, ninth grade, he, he didn't talk to anybody. Tenth grade, he didn't talk to anybody. Eleventh grade, he didn't talk to anybody. Finally, this summer of his eleventh grade going into twelfth grade... He started getting super popular. Everybody wanted to hang out with him. He was invited to everywhere. And the, the way he did it was his parents were gone all the time. And so he started throwing the parties so all the other kids could come over to the house while his parents were gone. They could drink, they could smoke, and they could hook up, right? He yeah. only got popular because he, he um, invited everybody to the party. You know, throw the party. Great idea. <laughs> Although last time I tried to do that, if you recall, I tried to host a happy hour and I was a party of one. Yeah. So that does nothing for my self esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I definitely think that you should do one of our. Uh, I think I think I would love to give the happy hours away because I can't necessarily do them all the time, and I'd love it if you could do it. And I think everybody right now, I, I think we were doing it so much back then, and that's why nobody was able to do it. Um, I think that now, because we all really miss each other, I know I really miss them, you know, yeah. but like, I, I know Kathy really needs somebody. I know like Stephanie oh, yeah, really would, somebody, yeah. you know, and, and I think Jeff and, and, you know, all those people. So, um, we should probably talk about like, not on this, but we should talk, probably talk about maybe seeing if we can start marketing those a little bit better. And if I can't do it, maybe you can hold one. And if you can't do it, maybe I can hold one kind of thing. And I know Val would yeah. do it as well. So I think, I think we should try and do that. 
That sounds great. Yeah. So did that help? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. Good. Um, and you know, yeah, if you, if, I, I'm already like starting good. to like spin ideas around in my head, so I'm like trying to pay attention and focus on the rest of our conversation. <laughs> I'm kind of like a little gremlin in the back of my brain going, "You need to do this." <laughs> well, good. So you, uh, and you know what? What I'll do is that if you, if you um, host one, and if, if it falls on a day that I'm not super busy, I'll hop on as a special guest as well, and and we can do one of these, you know, for everybody and and I can tell jokes and if anybody has any questions, I can help them with anything, you know, not business related because I don't know numbers, but I'd love to look at numbers. Cool. Yeah. So if you if you want, I can totally come in and, you know, you can even use me as leverage as, you know, hey, Ryan's going to be on it or <laughs> special guest, Ryan. <laughs> exactly. And everyone's like, "Who?" <laughs> I don't think so. I think more well-known in this area than you think you are. <laughs> well, that makes you feel good. Well, um, I actually, I, you know, thank you so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate you, and uh, I love everything oh, you do. And I'd... My pleasure. I'm flattered. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And I I've lo- always had this, like, low-key ambition of wanting to do my own podcast, and this is the first interview I've ever done on one. Uh-huh. So, like... For me, I think it's really cool kind of seeing, like, this side of it before I try to do, like, your side of it eventually. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Well, and by the way, I was going to tell you, too, that, that uh, your your 30-day um, Facebook challenge has been going fantastic. I kind of fell off again because, you know, personal stuff. But I'm going to jump back on. My whole thing is it doesn't have to happen consecutively. I think that when you don't do it, just, you know, make up for it in the hind end. I, I, they've helped me a ton, and I've, I've seen yours have really, you know, picked up a ton as well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a hard thing to do because like when when I watch you live, I look at how many people are watching you and you know, you'll have some like fantastic number and then I do mine and I have maybe one person that like comes in and out. And so like I'm like, "Oh. <laughs> Is it not good?" But I mean, that's my social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I got And just keep I got doing it stuff keep, so. keep doing them your content's fantastic keep doing them and what i want to do is is i i want to eventually get to where like if we continue doing those those lives um and anybody who's listening um we are on a, a group together called awesome hairdressers unite and take over and um it's on facebook and and by the way that's another uh, that was something else i was going to tell you as well is i don't know why every time i've had this i've always i always have this bobby pin up here I was wondering. <laughs> like, is he fidgeting with a bobby yes, pin? Yes, I've been playing with this bobby pin for like, actually, during during the whole like happy hours, I, I, I've been playing with the bobby pins as well. It's taking in this little hole right here and all that. <laughs> um, but that's another thing you could do as well is you could you could always start a um, hairdressers of, of Traverse City and surrounding areas uh, Facebook group. Um, that Facebook group. It is. And, yeah. It's it's a job. It. It's a full time job. It is. Um, one other thing I was going to tell you too before <laughs> before I sign off. Um, <laughs> That's the third one other thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, 
I used to go by, and you might have seen this on one of my awesomers a while ago. Um, I used to, to go by the whole belief of hire slow but fire fast. Yeah. Um, I'm now of the belief of hire fast, fire faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I will hire, if you walk into the salon and you're breathing, you're probably going to get a job. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, no hard feelings, we're not working out, see ya. You know, I'm not an HR person. Neither are you. Right. I'm a yeah. hairdresser. I can right. get a vibe off of somebody rather quickly. But that vibe could be wrong as well. So I'm not going to hold ego to my hiring anymore. And a lot of times what happens, and I say hiring, and I know that it's, it's you know, leasing out a chair to somebody. But it's the same concept. Absolutely it is. Um, so... I, I will never have a, a, I'll never hold ego to me hiring anybody anymore. So, so now my belief is that, so the way I used to be is, is I wanted to have like a staff of 12, 30, whatever. And so I'd hire these people and I'd take forever and I'd hire them. And then they, they'd become, um, they'd become a cancer and I wanted to like see if I could change them. You can never change them. You just need to get rid of them. But I wanted to change them. And it was my ego. I didn't want to prove to somebody that I made a mistake um, of hiring the wrong person. Now I'm okay with, oh, well, you know, that didn't work out. Fuck off. You know? And I mean, like, no hard feelings. I hope we can still be friends, but fuck off. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So I did have one other question. Yes. Before we hop off here. So... I know I struggle with this and I know that there are probably a bunch of people that are going to listen to this that also struggle with imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you the first time I joined one of those happy hours and there were 12 of us and I was like the only person who was like literally that all I do is stand behind a chair and cut hair all day and collect rent from people once a month and everybody else is like platform artists, educators, you know, you guys are all name dropping, friends with Nick Arojo, and I'm like, hi, mm. I'm from Michigan, and I and I honestly didn't feel like I deserved a seat at the table, and you have since then convinced me otherwise. Oh, yeah, like, good. If you're in the industry, you deserve yes. a, a seat at the table, but, like, that it will always creep in. I will always have that problem, and I'm sure other listeners will always have that problem. So how would you tackle moving forward feeling like you don't belong at the party? I never feel like I belong at the party. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I still don't. I, I don't. I, I feel like um, I feel like. I have gotten opportunities that I probably shouldn't have. I feel like a uh, an imposter in the position that I'm in. I feel like an imposter in a influencer type situation. Um, but it's one of those things that you just kind of, kind of be like, hey, you know, what, if I like it, if I'm an imposter, I'm going to do my best to to not be and to 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 earn a seat at the table. I'm going to work my ass off to do that, you know. And when you've worked your ass off to earn a seat at the table long enough. You'll still never feel like you fit in there, but the work that it took for you to, to, to that you were trying to, you know, give yourself to, to, to get there is going to make you better anyways. True. So it's okay to feel that way. In fact, I kind of, I am now starting to enjoy it 
And I'm starting, you know, I've learned to stop putting out content for my peers and start putting out content for my real peers who are the people that are in my group. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't want to put, I don't put out content for Nick or Roger to watch. I don't put content out for, for, for DJ Muldoon or Steven Adams or Abe or any of these people. I put out content for, you know, people that I would rather sit at their table anyway. Right. You know? So, I, I, you know, to answer your question, I feel like, yeah, you do deserve it. I feel like there has been, you know, there, there was, when I was coming up in the industry, there was a very massive, like, like Grand Canyon of a divide between the people that were able to sit at the table and the people that weren't. Yeah. Now, I feel I, like that canyon is, is like barely a, a, you know, it's barely like a curb. Well, and I feel like, too, a lot, and especially with COVID and with social media, I feel like there's now becoming a more um, intimate relationship with the, you know, celebrities of the industry, educators, Mm -hmm. and the hometown hairdresser. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, for a while there, there was just this huge disconnect. And I went to... um, the America's Beauty Show in Chicago Mm -hmm. several years ago Mm -hmm. and I went to the behind the chair awards ceremony and like here's all these people and I I know their names they have no idea who I am because you know small town small town hairdresser whatever but trying to get a minute even 60 seconds of a hi I'm so and so and I appreciate you was like pulling teeth like they, they just seem to give that vibe where I wasn't worth their time. And that's hurtful because if I'm going to spend money on education with you, I want you to at least see my face and know who you're educating. Like, be appreciative that I am paying your grocery bill or your light bill or your rent or your whatever. Like, you're not too good for somebody who's giving you money. Mm-hmm. So I feel like these days, things have kind of mellowed out. I, I don't see as many of the egos, at least I don't, maybe there still are, but I feel like there has been this just huge ego in the industry where people know who I am. So, you know, here I am, bye. Yeah. And it's just hurtful and it's rude and I don't know. It's my little, my little soapbox, my little rant there. <laughs> oh, I, I, I completely get it. And, you know, I've always, I've been invited to those types of functions and I try to stay away from those functions. Um, I now, if I do go to those functions, I go not from the perspective of I was somebody who was invited, but I, I go as a perspective of I'm somebody who bought the ticket. Um, I, I hate, I hate the whole you know, pomp and circumstances of the whole thing. I, I, I hate all that. Now, to give you another perspective, um, I know that I, ha- I can and have come off as dismissive um, and as uh, maybe I might be a little bit more, you know, egotistical. Now, I, I'm not, and you know me a little bit better than that, I think, now. Um, but I know that um, I have horrible social anxiety, and so when I go to those situations, especially if I'm focused on the win, you know, it's so like if you would have caught me in Naha when I won Naha the last time, um, you would have thought I was an asshole. Good chance. But I wasn't. <laughs> I was horrified. 
I didn't want to yeah. be there. I was horrified. I, I really couldn't have a conversation with my kid, much less you. You know, because I'm not even having a conversation. I mean, the, the conversation in my head is so much louder than, than any conversation you can have with me. Now, I don't think everybody feels that way. I think there's a lot of people there that are in those kind of situations that they may have a social media following and don't really have the skill or or even even the, I can't say humbleness, but um, they didn't have to work as hard as some people. And so they will have a little bit of that ego. But the nice thing about them is they'll either adapt and, and get the skill and, and get the shit kicked out of them a couple of times to the point to where they'll be like, okay, I know how that feels. And they won't be like that anymore. Or they'll disappear. You know, and that's cool. You know, I'd rather they disappear. And, and we see that all the time. I mean, if you look at, like, social media influencers in our industry, um, they, they rotate quick. I mean, quick. You know, and, and you know, if you, if you disappear, good luck coming back because of our ca- uh, cancel culture, you know. Absolutely. So that's, yeah. you know, that's that. And so, you know, I, I hope I, you know, kind of helped on that one because, yeah, you do have a spot, a spot at the table. And, and if you don't have a spot at, at the table that I'm sitting at, then I'm going to come sit with you anyways because um, that's, you know, I, I don't want to sit at any table where, where you would be included. My pleasure. My pleasure. So um, let's keep in touch. Um, I know that you have you have friends that you have a standing engagement with on Sundays or, or whatever, so I don't want to take up too much of your day. Well, yeah, and as we speak right now, I've got my mother-in-law and her husband here and a couple of friends, and they're outside slaughtering my chickens for me, <laughs> butchering them. <so>. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty gross. Yeah, I, we started the the process yesterday, and I got to partake in that process, which was the first time I'd done it. It was really ewy. Yeah. Um, and I was like so on board to do it today, but we've had rain for the last two days, so there's been just like these giant pauses in the operation. And <laughs> I just I kind of got out of it today. I'm like, I got an interview. <laughs> but I had I tried. My husband's trying to um, establish a blog with some like homesteading projects okay cool huge impressive garden and you know egg laying chickens and meat chickens and all of that stuff and i because i have been doing so much more with like filming and stuff i actually got to take some time and like start filming the process and try to get some cool camera angles and things for him so it's visually interesting as well as educational awesome so um that's been a lot of fun nice nice yeah well good so um, go go kill some chickens, yeah. and uh, I'll I'll see you soon. All right, have a great day. Thank you, too. you so much. Thank for you. Bye bye. Appreciate it. Bye bye. There you go. I hope you liked this episode with Ashley, and please join me next week when I interview somebody else from Just Us Awesomer Hairdressers. If you would like to be on Just Us Awesomer Hairdressers, please text me at my uh, text number is seven zero two 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 four. 2902 and just let me know that you would like to be on it and what sort of questions you'd like to ask and please please join my facebook group which is awesomer hairdressers unite and take over and then find me on instagram which is ryan underscore teal t-e-a-l i hope you're having a wonderful day and i hope you make a ton of money